Hello everyone, Robbie here, your friendly Simpsons podcast host. I'm pleased to announce my newest novel, War on Halloween, is out July 26th. Here is a brief description. Laurel City doesn't celebrate Halloween, and Mike Dawson wants to change that. New in town, he's going to throw the biggest Halloween party the town has ever seen. But Reverend David Laurel stands in his way. Laurel is a direct descendant of the founder of the town, and Halloween is more than just a celebration of sin. It is a direct attack on control of his city, and he won't surrender it without a fight. Mike and his children are drawn into a feud over the holiday, and Mike won't back down despite pressure from Laurel. And then the killings start. The town is thrown into chaos by brutal murders, and Laurel blames them on the sinful holiday. But Laurel has a secret. Deep in his church lies an ancient book bound in red leather. It contains terrible power written in an inhuman language. Reverend Laura will do anything to stop Halloween, including summoning demons. The question isn't if Laurel City will have a Halloween. The question is if the town will survive it. Always wanted to write a Halloween horror novel, and it is finally here. It's great for fans of Stephen King's It or Stranger Things, and it's up for pre-order on Amazon right now. $3.99 for the ebook and $11.99 for print. I've worked very hard on it. And I'd love for you to check it out. Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt. And we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. Boy, I wish we were in old whaling days when people barely bathed and everything smelled bad and everyone lost their teeth at 20. God! I just love there are so many novels about this wonderful period of time. I I don't I, I, I do find like the, the I I like Moby Dick. Here, I'll say it. I like Moby Dick how in how impenetrable it is, but I don't no one who wants to live there at that time? No one. It's terrible. Yeah. Well that's that's my bit. It's like people who say, Oh, I want to live back in those times. No, you don't. Who? No. Who says that? Weird people. Yeah, no one says that. Uh, hi, guys. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show uh, for only $2 a month. Gain access to all our bonus content, a bunch of bonus podcasts, dozens, dozens of them up, uh, and, and episode reviews of New Simpsons episodes, and King of the Hill, and Rick and Morty, and Bob's Burgers. Just finished the first season of Bob's Burgers. Little mini-sodes. Go check those out. Thank everyone who supports us. This week's episode, Matt, is Diatribe of a Mad Housewife, episode FABF05, originally aired January 25th, 2004, written by Robin J. Stein. This is his first and only episode of The Simpsons. Oh, wow. Worked on Step by Step, Harry and the Hendersons, Mission Hill. Uh, Those are the shows I recognized. And then a bunch of children's shows I do not recognize uh, more more recently. So... Still working up to this day. Uh, directed by Mark Kirkland. Received a 5.9 rating with 10.6 million viewers. I'm uh, getting for first place on Fox that night. Again, I can't get... I don't. Can't, it's hard to compile weekly members. The Couch Gag. The family emerges from a slice of... Wikipedia says apple pie. I'm not sure if you can really tell what kind of pie it is. Yeah, it, it's pie. I mean, it's in America, so we have to assume, I guess, that it was... Uh, I mean, it wasn't red. It was like a gray pie. It was like a beige pie, so apple pie is possible. It could also be peach, if your peaches aren't, you know, perfect. That's red. true. It could be peach pie. 
But peach pie. I'm gonna say this, Robbie. I, I know this makes me un-American, but peach pie better than American or better than apple pie. I mean, I like peaches more than anything, like more Fair. than more than life. So yeah, I agree with you. I, I, and you can't give me, uh, you know, peach pie, peach cobbler with a, some vanilla ice cream. Oh yeah, give me that right now. Actually, right in the middle of summer. Um, this episode guest stars. We got Tom Tom Clancy as himself, Thomas Pinchon, Thomas Pinchon, Pinchon. I think it's Pinchon as himself. I'm I'm not snobby enough for how to know how to pronounce Thomas Pinchon's name correctly. And uh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen actually as themselves, which well, surprises me a little bit that it's actually them. Right? He's like, why would you bother doing this? It's okay, sure. They're playing themselves on an audio recording of them reading a book. So, and okay, I'm like, it's not a bad bit. I'll, I'll like, but I don't think you needed them. The way, like, it's you know when Thomas Tom Clancy and Thomas Pinchon work in this in this story, I think it works. Like, they need to be them. But Mary Kate and Ashley, you don't really you could just have like little girl voices, and it doesn't matter. They're not quite they were were they i think they were adults at this point i have no idea how old mary kate and ashley are i mean they were like a four-year-old on full house in the early 90s so they were probably at least late teens almost, uh, by the time this almost came out. adults okay whatever um oh man this episode mm-hmm. it's very frustrating it, Why is that? Because it's almost good. Almost. There are so many tiny little things that drag it down, and they're not even big things. It's just a preponderance of tiny things. Yeah, it's almost good. It's like it's almost like wow, this is like rarefied. Maybe like it change a few things, and this is top one hundred and fifty, top one hundred episode. But it's they don't, and I and I at this point like I was thinking this myself, like as I was uh. Like thinking through the th- thinking about this uh, throughout the day, I was like, "It's like at this point, some of this stuff. These are not bugs; these are features." That's how I would describe some of these. The some of those errors, Matt, the things that we don't like, the things we think this, that take this episode down, they're not bugs. No, they they were put there intentionally. They were just misguided. Let's say I. That's the most confusing thing. So, uh, we. St- we start this episode with Homer getting a bunch of fast food. Is this at Krusty Burger or is this some random fast food place? I don't think we can see, so let's just assume it's Krusty Burger. It just has to be Krusty Burger. There's nowhere else. But he gets, it's just like a per- so much junk, so much fast food. It's all made up. And like, it's not that it looks delicious, honestly. It's all a bunch of fried, really fried that, that burrito. Ugh. It's all fried garbage. But of course, Homer, that's what he orders. Um, and he has just like a giant stack of it in the car, and so he runs out of room on his lap, tilts his seat back, and puts more food on it. He can't see where he's driving. Gets burrito all over the windshield. And this is a very long sequence to start the episode, like literally the first thing. This long sequence of Homer being an idiot. Uh, it crashes into the power plant, and basically here, I, everything about Homer in this episode, I hate. Until the very end. Well, yeah, because Homer starts out being a jerk. And it's not not even really jerk Homer. It's just non-attentive Homer. He basically doesn't pay attention to her and, and treats her like a, you know, stereotypical 50s husband would do. So he, he's kind of jerk Homer, but not in a really mean way. He's It's Captain Wacky. 
it's Captain Wacky slash jerk slash. Oh God, yeah, like th- th- that's the thing is Homer in this episode is not that mean to Marge. He's condescending and a little not observant of her feelings and kind of takes advantage of her nature. But he's not outright mean to her. But when you add to that the fact that he loses his job at the nuclear power plant, takes a job as a car salesman, lo- quits that job to become an ambulance driver. I mean, what in the world? How did? The, why did they have to go through all of this random crap just to get Homer to get a new job? Like, why, why is it even germane to the plot at all? It, yeah. So he crashes. His, he gets the burrito all over the inside of the windshield. Can't see. Crashes into the power plant. And uh, I would also add here. He kills a man. He kills uh, a inspector, like for the oh the nuclear inspector. Yes, yeah, yes, nuclear yes, inspector. Right. He kills him. He's dead, and we mm-hmm. don't that. And Homer gets fired for that. But there's no like. I don't know. How, like I want to scream this when I like I and it, like this is the chart of this episode. And ultimately, I think this episode's all right, mostly because everything with Marge kind of redeems a lot of the terrible stuff with Homer, but. Don't start your episode with your main character committing manslaughter. Please. Ideally. Please. Please, guys. Please. Don't start the episode within the first two minutes. Homer has murdered a man with his car. Please don't do that. Because it, there's, it's either one of two things is true. Either one, uh, this is a cartoon show for, for babies. Because... No one actually can murder doesn't death doesn't mean anything. Violence is meaningless or Homer is a murderer. So please just don't do it. But I guess that's too much to ask. Um, He's fired. I don't know why he's fired either, because Burns didn't want the inspector there. Yeah, this is the nuclear inspector. Burns should be like promoting Homer for getting rid of him. It doesn't make any sense. Everything involving Homer, no sense. Zero sense. Nonsense all the way through. Um, so the rest of the family is at a, at a bookstore, and the rest of the family is where, like, the sensible non... Here's here's my bet. Here's what my guessing is, Matt, that they paid all the attention to the Marge and the rest of the family doing stuff, and then they didn't they they added in the homer stuff at the last second because they wanted to they needed homer stuff well That's yeah what, because homer is the star of this show anything that happens without homer there people should be asking where's homer that's don't did they have they not seen the itchy and scratchy and poochy possibly not have they not seen that episode because that's literally what homer is at this point so rest of the fans at the bookstore uh marge happens to see that one of her favorite authors is doing a uh, an event, a book signing or whatever, and Marge attends. <gasps> Esme Delacroix! She wrote to kiss a scoundrel. <laughs> and they tumbled to the heather, breeches to bustle, crinoline to burlap, their mansion in ashes, their passion aflame. End of chapter one. Yeah, when that happens in a book, it's romantic. But when Willie tries to kiss you, you're all pepper spray and fingernails. <clears throat> Marge Simpson, long-time reader, first-time stander-upper. Did you have any special training to become a writer? Oh, just a class at the Y, Yale University. But anyone with passion can write. Anyone? If I write a book, will they tell me when it comes out? Well, they should, yes. Then I'll do it. <laughs> 
I love that that is what Martin's like, well, you know, if they're not going to tell me when it comes out, I'm not going to bother to write this novel. But if they tell me when it comes out, I'm in. Yes, that's all it needs. That's all it takes to become a writer is all you need to know is when it comes out. Or that they, that they will tell you when it comes out. That's all you need. And also, anyone with passion can be a writer. I mean, I and, would, and a class at the Y, of course. I would agree with that. I wouldn't say you could be like a professional, like working career writer, but you could still be a writer. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deprive people of the label writer. You don't have to be a professional writer to be a writer. Anyone with passion in a class, I mean, you don't even need a class at the Y. There's plenty of people who are writers who don't take classes at all. There's plenty of great writers who've never took any classes. Um, I and and I, you know, as a writer myself, Matt, I I, I think that gives me that gives this March plot a little boost for me. Makes me like it a little bit more than I normally would, um, because it's like you know, it's a pet, it's like it's like a pet plot. I I think there's also there's you can tell like the writers themselves are enjoying just indulging in like writer writer jokes this whole this whole episode is basically a one big writer joke it's writers writing what they know it's other famous writers it's 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 them saying hey i I tried to write a book once and these are all the cliches that i ran into it's basically what this episode is wrapped up in some humor and then homer crap tossed on top yeah homer crap that's literally what happens but it's my i think the real problem is like they I consider this Marge, like, the Marge plot is the A plot. The Homer plot is the B plot. And generally, when you do have these A and B plots, they are a yin and a yang. The If the A plot is serious and character-driven, the B plot will be silly to counteract it. You know, to give us, a, you know, this a nice, whenever something gets too serious over here in the A plot, we can bounce over to the B plot. Oh, uh, here's some levity loosen lighten the mood a little bit and then we when people are a little happy they laugh a little bit at some silliness jump back over the a plot i consider this a plot silly it it, like there is some serious seriousness to it but it largely is about like indulging in those writer writer jokes and marge imagining romance stuff in her head yeah that is the interesting part for that is the all of the jokes about writing like Marge's book is obviously terrible. And there's a little bit of uh, Marge Homer drama in that they want to uh, Marge basically writes a fictionalized version of their relationship as she sees it. And Homer is supposed to object to that, but he doesn't get to actually read it. But most of that time is taken up by, oh, you know, Marge stopping after her first paragraph to do a, a spell check and and Marge printing everything out and getting like aroused by her own writing and and the joke in Lisa's head in the second act I think it is uh where you know she's jealous of Marge like th- there's so many jokes in there why do you need this Homer stuff yeah the Homer stuff because it it's so wacky and stupid it doesn't work um so Marge decides to be a writer Homer is going to become he doesn't have a job now, so he randomly walks past a used car salesman and decides he's going to be a used car salesman. Is terrible at it. You know, very long and excruciating scene. Not funny. Where they literally make a joke about how Homer farted during the test drive. So that's that's where Homer's yeah. that's where the Homer's plot line is. It's just like this low hanging fruit, no cleverness to it. There is, I will add that. I I do appreciate you know the Homer farting in the car is not funny but the idea that they they say that he turned the radio on to get rid of the smell 
cover up the smell. That is a funny little addition, but you needed a couple. Come on, guys. A little bit more than that. And, but then he's a bad news car salesman, and he decides he's going to buy an old ambulance and become an independent ambulance driver. Is this like, did they like put in, they, they pull this out of a hat? Like, why? Of all, of all the things you can pick, what is funny about this? What's the inherently hilarious about this premise? Robbie, it's the, it's the old ambulance screaming, buy me, buy me to homework. Isn't that just hilarious? It's stupid. It's so stupid. And all of it, Homer's plot is so dumb, and it's so infuriating, uh, and it's the start of this episode, and it makes me want to, like, throw the rest of it. And, the pro- and, like, it gets... Thank God it gets better, but this first act, again, it is just... It feels like they're doing this on purpose. Like like I said, it's a feature, not a bug. Like, this first act is terrible. It's full of awful, just, the of the worst tropes of sitcom humor. Lowest, low-hanging fruit, lowest common denominator stuff. Uh, okay. And how does... Do you Can you just sign up? Like, if you buy an ambulance, how do you just become an independent ambulance driver? That's a great question that no one ever seems to care about. I would feel like they're like to have EMTs like would, you'd have to get licensed. I'm pretty sure to go through some testing of some sort. Nothing. No, not even a not, not even nod towards it. Not even like that doesn't even think about it briefly. Um so we cut we cut to Homer and Marge meeting and both telling the other about their new careers. Guess what? I quit my job as a used car salesman. You work at the nuclear plant. Get with the program, Marge. Your husband is now an ambulance driver. Don't you need training for that? Maybe on planet Zuzu. Hey, I think it's cool. I can defibrillate Lisa. Not if I pump your heart full of morphine first. Kids, kids, those aren't your toys. They're to keep Daddy asleep and awake. I'm going to need him on my first ship tonight. Tonight? But I was hoping you could watch the kids while I work on my novel. Slow down, Picasso. You were going to start a novel without informing me? Homer, you left two jobs and bought an ambulance without even a phone call. I also fed some ducklings. I know. I got your message. Fine, fine. I'll take the kids tonight, and you go to your precious hair appointment. I'm writing a novel! Whatever, but I think you look great already. Thank you. Hmm, what should I write about? That painting has always sparked my imagination. That's it! A novel about whaling! That's something you haven't seen before. Thank you, scene from Moby Dick. Chapter one. Starts and beginnings. Swim, 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 thought the whale, flapping his... Floppers, rally break. That's a that is absolutely a writer just literally telling oh, for you sure. what they did. Oh, I've written a tiny amount. Time for a brownie. Sometimes, it, sometimes that that brownie break is very important. Um, the, the Mars scene. It's it's cute and charming and small. It's mundane. It's it's simple. It is there's it's. It is Mars singing at a computer, typing, trying to find inspiration, looking to a painting that I guess she hasn't painted. 
even though we have been told in the past she has painted that painting. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Doesn't matter, I guess. Continuity. But it is grounded in a reality where it's not a, a reality where Homer has changed jobs twice in a single day. And when Lisa questions, don't you need licensing or training? He dismisses her with a single bad joke. And then we never talk about it again, even though Homer is endangering many people's lives. Um, so Marge plot there, the, the, it's a peek at an enjoyable, the enjoyable part of this episode. Uh, we go to a commercial. It's six minutes and 30 seconds in. And when we come back, we return to Marge writing. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but but it's bad. Mayor Quimby, Disco Stu, and our fighting men and women overseas. Well, I finished the thank yous. Time to go back to the novel. Temperance Sparrows stared at the sea like a dog stares at a ham. Ooh, I just finished my first paragraph. Spell check. Perfect. Now, let's see if lightning strikes twice. So, yes, as we can see, uh, Marge is, is very much into the idea of writing and not the, getting the actual writing done. But she does get there eventually. Uh, we see Homer doing his thing uh, as an ambulance driver. He doesn't know where the hospital is, so he's just kind of driving around because that's... That's what Homer would do. He knows it's around there somewhere. This is another joke about, I guess, guys not asking for directions. I, there's no joke, Matt. It's not a joke. There's no joke here. That's not a joke. I don't know. Like, everything in this, home, in this Homer, like, up until the very end, it thinks that just Homer being stupid is a joke. Homer pretending to be an ambulance driver and not knowing the way to the hospital is not a joke. Guy, I don't like a joke has a setup and a punchline. Like I don't do I have to explain comedy to the Simpsons writers? Well, I worry that the problem is that they know that it's not funny, but it's the kind of thing that people expect out of the Simpsons and therefore they're just trying to live up to the expectations. I expect like intelligence, Matt. That's what I expect from the Simpsons. I mean, I don't expect it anymore. I did. I expect it from the good episodes of the Simpsons. I do not expect it in season 15. I have long gotten rid of that notion for myself. But like in a good episode of The Simpsons, what I would expect is intelligence. And that's basically it. But there's no intelligence here. It is like uh, – I'll, I'll make my point as we go. Okay. So uh, moving on. Uh, Marge's book is is basically her family. That's, that's she's writing. And her first draft basically has Homer uh, – the, being a, a wonderful, loving husband that you know, is a great provider for the family and brings Marge things when he gets home from his whaling voyage. However, things change when Homer comes home from ambulancing and is a jerk. Marge, I'm back! Oh, homie, I've had the most exciting day! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need some dinner stat. And the kids need some CPR lessons. We're not paramedics! I'll say. Oh, good. You can use that to take down my dinner order. I'll start with the soup, then a nice mixed grill with a side of wild rice. Fine. Right after this revision. Temperance had to face the unhappy truth. She had married a brute. Hey, baby. I've returned from Portsmouth. Now let me put my tongue down your mouth. Now cook up my catch. 
A seagull? The whales weren't biting, okay? I know you did your best. Yeah, yeah, you know everything, don't you? Now, don't wait up, I'll be at Moab. Yes, so as we can see, Marge portrays herself as being, you know, a, a loving wife, and uh, Robbie has made uh, a note in our show notes that killing seagulls is bad luck. Is it really? Have you not seen The Lighthouse, Matt? I have not seen The Lighthouse. I will never see The Lighthouse, because a movie where two men slowly go crazy in black and white is not my idea of a good time. That's Treasure of the Sierra Madre, but with better actors. Uh, I don't know. It's a very pretty movie. It's really interesting. Okay. It's worth watching. That's once. fine. That's my the, the, the prettiness of movies is the, the the least important thing on my list of reasons to watch a movie. Matt, you're an insane so, person. You shouldn't. Yeah, kill, I know that killing seagulls is bad luck. Uh, I, I, so we, I, this makes no sense. Where, like, I love. Here's the thing. I love this idea. This idea is fantastic. They get about as you could go so you. Could, get so much out of this idea of marge writing this romance novel of her writing their relationship into it of spinning flanders as this hero character in the book versus homer in the real world he's this brute in the book but they get they bring maybe 20 percent of the potential out of it because they are so focused on homer and his ambulance driving they don't marge is writing a romance novel, an adventure novel of of her of her of what what's temerity? What's the name of her character? Uh, temperance. Temperance. Thank you. Um, of temperance, of being wooed by this 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 uh, charmer that is Flanders in the book, and the Homer in the book is this brutish slob this monster and ideally you contrast you want a strong contrast between you know you want as strong a contrast of homer and ned in the real world as you do as you have them in the book homer in the real world is a cartoon character no one else in this episode is everyone else in this episode is acting normally but homer acts like a cartoon character he acts like he's he's like the chicken hawk from looney tunes like i say i say he's like that ridiculous um so you can't contrast him with anything you can't if you want him to be contrasted with flanders like oh he's flanders is kind and flanders is is thoughtful in the real world and in the book so you'd think oh well homer is this brute and he's mean but he's really just mean once and then that's it we don't really get any other contrast. Yeah, you don't get Homer repeatedly being mean to Marge because there's not time for that because of all the Homer shenanigans that happened at the beginning of the episode. We don't get a buildup of bad Homer activities to contrast with good Ned activities. Yeah, so it's just like, oh, well, Marge is writing this book. And I'm like, well, Homer, if you want something to be there, you have Homer like say, like, why are you wasting the time writing that book? Why are you doing this or why are you doing that? Like – or like have him be more of a mean a, a mean guy but you have to but when you make him lose his job twice in a single day he can't he has no ground to stand on he has to have a like if he was going to work and like and bringing home a paycheck and it's clearly like taking a lot out of him that 
it shows him in like he could be vulnerable and have flaws like and he's just really frustrated because he sees his wife like chasing a dream or something and having an easy time or at least he thinks is an easy time and then he lashes out at her but he lashes out at her like in this very like honeymooner is boring i got dinner on the table and why aren't my kids good emts and you're like oh what what are you doing like this it's like i'm it's like i'm talking to a child like what it's like a child trying to draw the sun and you're like and they draw like it's this the sun is gigantic compared to the size of or too tiny compared to the size of and you're like what are you doing three-year-old child no the sun should be this big and human people should be this big but they're kids they don't understand this feels like what i'm explaining i'm sorry matt it's just just very frustrating because i feel like this episode could be great like there's so much potential here and they kind of just like well yeah if they had used the entire episode for the marge plot instead of having homer be an ambulance driver for no particular reason and you just they use their time to contrast the homer flanders dichotomy rather than Homer's mean once, and obviously, you know, that's going to continue, so we don't need to do that. We need to, I mean, I respect that the rest of the episode is the responses to Marge's novel, but you could have used Act 1 to really prop up what Marge is writing about, and it would have made more sense. And you could have had the same writer jokes as you had before, and you probably could have snuck in some other kind of jokes of Homer being a jerk. But this is is the one episode where jerk Homer fits, and you you barely have him in there. He's just a random cartoon character. He can be a... It's okay for your characters to be, do bad things and have flaws. They just have to have reasons for them. Um, I also I will post this very extremely extraordinarily hypothetical question, Matt. I imagine, I wonder, if there were only men in the writing room in 2004, in the Simpsons writing room. Huh. What a weird question to ask, Robbie. Why would you ask that? I don't know. Maybe because they inherently i it feels like they find they think marge is boring so they have to throw in homer crap all around the edges uh and i go i don't i want i love mundane boring marge i it's charming homer is the opposite what happens next man so uh, Marge, as we said, adds some romance to her novel because obviously she has this horrible, brutish husband. So like we said, there has to be some contrast to that. So uh, Marge basically makes a book version of Flanders, uh, who is, you know, strapping and kind and, and does things for her. It gets to one point when she finishes, a, I guess, finishes the novel or finishes a, a significant portion of it that she prints it out uh, on their dot matrix printer. And then has to have a glass of iced tea because it's just so steamy and she's breathing hard. And that's just, yeah, that's she's in that writer trance, basically. Um, it's, then I, she takes. I would, whenever I finish a, a manuscript, it's generally just like a big slice of cake or pizza or something. Or but you just fall asleep. You're like, oh, it's finally done. Sleep is really good, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Sleep's great. <laughs> you fall asleep and then two days later you wake up and it's time for editing. Let's not talk about that, Matt. <laughs> so uh marge takes this uh printout of her story and gives it to lisa where lisa is uh a little concerned well what do you think hmm. i can't believe mom wrote a book before we did and it's a little trashy mom has expressed herself we should nurture her let's kiss boys binge and purge rock and roll you're not getting out till we're 16 ah, I have a script. Ah! 
out of you, Mom. But just one thing. Isn't your book a little hard on Dad? <laughs> what do you mean? My book is set in whaling times. Captain Mordecai stared at the shop window full of powdered blowholes. Mmm, blowholes, he drooled. Sounds like Dad to me. Well, I guess that part is loosely based on your father. Maybe you should let Dad read your book before you submit it to publishers. I suppose I better. Your father's a very private person. So, yes, as we can see here, Lisa has obviously pointed out the possible flaws in Marge's approach to writing. So, Marge takes the book to Homer and says, hey, will you read this for me? Matt, I want to say, one, Marge, don't do that. Uh, Don't insert people from real life into your books. Uh, at least not that it never ends well not that boldly uh hide it you know you can take stuff from people hide it change the names obscure things rub off the serial numbers uh and definitely don't write about your husband like that um also i know that the simpsons didn't invent like character traits talking inside someone's brain but that is literally inside out is happening in that scene yeah which this came out before that, but still. I know, this came out, no, I'm saying that, like, basically, did the Inside Out just steal, like, I I know that that's a, that's a trope that's been used that's for a, a long, long trope, time, though, yeah. but it just feels like very, like, it's very pointed, like, least, and I love that scene, by the way, that's a great scene. Like, that's the thing, like, there's some great scenes in this episode, that Lisa scene is, Lisa and Marge, Lisa having a little thought process inside her head, uh, you know, giving her mother good advice, like, all that, really good. Yeah, but, you know, obviously, Homer or Marge is going to have a problem with when Homer actually gets around to reading it. Speaking of which, uh, Marge asks Homer to read her book and says, oh, this is very, very important to me. Please read my book. And Homer says, to his credit, says, okay, I will do this for you. Unfortunately, Homer doesn't. Uh, he falls asleep, then wakes up and tries again, and then gets distracted by the word distracted, which... Is probably one of the better jokes in this episode. Uh, Homer wonders if anyone has ever been just tracked and decides to call the suicide hotline about it, which is a very Homer thing to do. So uh, at the end of the day, which I, it makes it seem like it's that night when Marge asks Homer about the book, which seems like a very short period of time to expect him to have read it, especially at Homer's reading level. But whatever, maybe it's been a few days uh, and it does not go well for Homer. Well, well, what? Did you read the book? Oh. Yes. Did you like it? I did. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. And and the characters didn't bother you at all? No, they were all, in their own way, totally awesome. And you're fine with me trying to get it published? As I've always said, publish or perish. Oh, homie. Mm. Oh, for that happy period between the lie and the time it's found out. <laughs> So as we can see, Homer knows that this is going to end up poorly, but he does it anyway because, this is well, the, it's Homer. This is the lone scene of Homer that I enjoy in this episode. Because it's Homer acting like Homer. He's not a jerk. He's not something crazily wacky. He's just being a bad husband, which is what we expect out of Homer. And like he always says, publish or perish. Exactly. Homer says that all the time. All the time. All the time. Uh, so then we get Marge calling uh, Esme Delacroix, I think is the name of the author uh who who was at the beginning of the the episode she comes back and she says oh this is the best book my assistant has ever summarized to me which again good joke lean into the writing jokes uh so she just uh, apparently she has her own publishing company so she is going to publish marge's novel 
and she needs quotes from famous authors. So here we get uh, Thomas Pinchon and uh, Tom Clancy. They are called to ask for quotes. Uh, not- notably, uh, reclusive author Thomas Pinchon is happy to blurb the book and you know get all kinds of of fame uh, to people driving by his house. And Tom Clancy basically repeats back what someone says over the phone, and they count it as him blurbing her book. And that is how we end Act Two. I've never finished a Thomas Pinchon novel ever. I've never tried. I've finished quite a few Tom Clancy's. Yeah, Tom Clancy's a he's a good good thriller action. It was adventure. great when I was sixteen. Yeah, it's 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 still the it's still the same. Um, I have not. I I don't know. Maybe a closer reading with uh, a different socio-political perspective might change my thought on some of it, but it was very entertaining uh, when I read all those books. Um, 14 minutes and 54 seconds in. Another long second act for you, Matt. Indeed. Uh, quite the long one. Lots of good clips, though. Yeah. Um, so we get Marge. Her book comes out. It's a big hit, apparently. Apparently a lot of people love it. A lot of people are reading it. And a lot of people buy it. I'm not so sure about people like it because all they seem to do is gossip about it. Wait, wait a minute. They buy it, but they don't like it. It's weird how that can happen sometimes. And as we will see, the reviews are terrible. I mean, but they buy it. That's all that's important for the author. Who, yeah, yes. who cares? I don't you know, who cares? reviews. Whatever. I buy. They're buying it, right? That they are buying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Everyone's reading it. Everyone is gossiping about it because everyone figures out very quickly that this book is about Homer and Marge. And then Homer is keyed into that fact by Apu. If you ask me, this book sounds like Marge and Homer. No one asked you. Think about it. The boorish husband, the neglected wife, the sensitive hunk down the road. (laughs) And on page 72, Temperance's name changes to Marge for three paragraphs. Can you believe Marge? Those Can you believe that Homer and Marge's marriage is just a sham? All right, I'll order. Um, I'll have a medium pepperoni. And could you space out the meat so that it spells happy birthday, Mo? Ah, <laughs> God, I'm alone. Apu, do you sell crazy straws? I've got a guy with a broken back, and I'm trying to cheer him up. Oh, Mr. Homer, anything for a cuckolded boob. I mean, a loyal customer. What are you talking about? Nothing, nothing. It just seems your wife has an active imagination. Why do you keep talking that way? You'll see when you read your wife's book. Well, then maybe I will. If you do, you'll see she lusts for Flanders. That one I got. This is how you talk when you learn English from porno movies. Except that we've seen Apu for many, many years not talk like that. Yeah, uh, and Homer making jokes about broken backs. Hilarious. Um, but we then cut to listening to the book on tape read by the Olsen twins. And it's actually the Olsen twins doing the late reading, and they're not actually just reading the actual text of the book. They're bouncing back and forth and having conversations in the middle of it. Um, it's fun. They do a good job here, uh, as well do, as Tom Clancy and Thomas Pinchon do for their brief moments. Um, but it's just, again, questions. Okay, so Homer doesn't read the book, quote-unquote, but he does listen to it and gets the, the I guess Homer understands the idea that 
he is the bad guy in this and Ned is a good guy and that there's like conflict there. I I think that I, I also would really appreciate more. I guess we do get some we do get some shots from the book as we've been going. We've gotten some, you know, we've gotten some of the Ned character with Marge and the fantasies in the dream sequences. So there, there's that. I wish, again, more real life Homer being a jerk or being rude or something to kind of help this along. But all we have is, okay, Marge has written in their love life into this, uh, into the book. So Homer's upset and is angry about it, even though he was a jerk and we don't really ever. Okay. So Homer discovers this, confronts Marge, and then Flanders. The Harpooned Heart 2, Thunder Down Under, Chapter 1. Temperance Barrows stared at the shrimp on the barbie. How can you write such horrible things about me? You told me you liked it. You didn't read it at all. You lied to me. I didn't lie. I was writing fiction with my mouth. Just tell me how much of this is true. Well... There is a place called Nantucket. I knew it! <laughs> and what about the romance between you and Cyrus? It was only my imagination. Well, I'll make sure you never imagine anything again! Lander! Open this door right now! Well, I guess it wouldn't kill me to let you in. I'm gonna let you! Oop. What are you doing here? Stealing doormats? I do like the stealing doormats joke. Well, of course. I'm okay, man. And this is again back to Homer. It's not really it, again. It's not Homer. It's the writing of Homer. But we're about to get a, a long chase sequence where Homer's Ooh. angry at Ned, right? Yes. And we get a, we get a scene here. We just heard it where Homer yells at Marge, where he's like, "Is it how much is this is true?" Um, and then he says, now I'll get so you never imagine anything again. We get a long chase sequence with Homer in the ambulance, which that, and that is the, uh, this is the, the, this is the thing that Matt, this is the only joke. This is like, it feels like they had this joke where how could we get Ned to pull over for a Homer? And it'd be like, well, if Homer's in an ambulance, he'd have to, he'd, Ned would, we'd have a joke where Ned goes, well, I have to pull over. It's an ambulance. So you're saying that the entirety of this, this first act was based on that. Yeah. I think they, I feel like they reverse engineered from this single joke, which is terrible. I just want to, yep. that's very bad. Um, But we have this launch chase sequence where Homer's seemingly enraged and we think, and he's, and, he, and we hear it in that in that clip. He's trying to get through the door to get to Ned, and he's super angry, and he's chasing him down with his ambulance, with his car, gonna, and you know, and there is something there. There's something I really like about this, and the fact that we are cutting back and forth between the version of events in the in the book, where between Ned and Homer, and then we're also getting real life Ned and Homer and they're leading up to this same kind of uh, setting on a cliffside near the near the ocean. And that's really interesting and fun. That's a really fun idea. Unfortunately, it is entirely disingenuous. Well, of course. It, no, Matt, no. No, don't say of course. You always say of course. Don't say of course. Not of course. 
Okay, fine. Not of course. That's not, what they chose in this episode. Not of course. So, because Homer's not mad. Homer's not mad at all. Homer, actually, because, and we're cutting back and forth between the book version where they're they're having mortal combat. I think uh, they get Ned gets stabbed with a harpoon, and then Homer gets dragged. They all they will die, and it's terrible. And you think, oh no, we're going to get the same thing happening in the real world, and Homer and Ned are going to die, or one of them is going to get killed, or something terrible is going to happen, we're going to have a terrible tragedy, even though, of course, they're not going to have a terrible tragedy, they're not going to kill either Ned or Homer. Um, whatever. But, instead, we get, oh, swerve! Dear Lord, please make Homer's blows precise and deadly with the minimum of pain. Oh, and forgive me for those impure thoughts I had about the girl on the raisin box. Leonard's... I'm going to do something I should have done a long time ago. Would you help me be a better husband? Huh? In Marge's book, I was so mean and you were so nice. How can I be more like you? Just give me some advice. Advice? <laughs> Just call me Anne Flanders. Uh-huh. Oh, and another thing. Please, homie, don't hurt him! And a, b- a back rub can just be a back rub. It, it doesn't have to lead to adult situations. Why would I rub her back unless I wanted to get some... Oh, to make her feel good. Oh, homie, you're trying to improve yourself, and it's because of my book. That's right. I love you, Marge, and I realize now I should show you more often. The end of your book was the wake-up call I needed after falling asleep at the beginning of your book. That's the best review I've gotten. Seriously, these reviews are terrible. Don't worry about those losers, Marge. I think it's time we went home and collaborated on a little project of our own. (laughs) Marge, I got it all figured out. Lee Harvey Oswald wanted to steal the Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby was a man, not a jewel. Oh, all right, we're back to square one. Put on some coffee. <sighs> I was so close. So, as I was saying... That's how it ends. That's how it ends. That's the ending of this episode. So we get this this moment where Homer is enraged and angry and he's chasing down Ned. And then, oh no, fake out. He is asking, he's going to actually ask Ned to help. Then why was he angry? Yeah, why? He, what was he doing the whole thing with a scowl on his face? Why was he ang- Why did he yell at Marge? Why was he trying to break th- into Ned's house? Why didn't he just knock on the door and say, "Hey, Ned, can I talk to you?" Don't and like those are opposite emotions, and the the reason is they wanted you to have that fake out moment, but that's not how people act. That's not genuine. You're you're manipulating the scene to make it work. Uh, structurally, while out actually caring about how you write your characters, I and like the idea of Mars writing this book and you know doing like a reverse secrets of a successful marriage kind of thing is really clever and really smart, and it could have a lot of potential. And they don't do a lot with it. And like I love all the stuff with Marge. I love with her writing. I love. The idea of her making Homer angry because she's writing, you know, writing out their love lives and having this fake situation where she's having a romance with a Flanners analog. Like, that's a great idea, but they don't execute very well. 
and it's really frustrating because this episode could be really good and it's not bad uh the homer stuff brings it down a lot well yeah because without the homer stuff this is an interesting episode where we have a homer march conflict but it's one we haven't really seen before or we haven't seen in this particular form but they ruin it with all the homer wackiness and and they, they and they're so afraid of having scenes that are just like why can't you just one you can still have one you can still have the parallels between the finale of the book and the finale of this episode easily you just change the finale of the book of and the, and then have it mirror the new situation you've written for the the Homer and Flanders that makes sense like you could have Homer confront Marge and be upset, but maybe not have him in a in, in a, a fake jealous rage when he's not actually in a jealous rage, when he's just upset because he thinks he's failed. He's failed his wife, which that if if it was that this episode would be great. That is a tremendous idea of, hey, Homer actually showing humility and acknowledging the fact that maybe he did. Uh, not live up to his wife's expectations and it and she you know can't confront him with it so she writes it into her novel and he is he feels shame and, and embarrassment because the whole town's read this book but also he feels guilt because she's not wrong that's complex and interesting and it would be an incredible ending of this episode with homer dream, dealing with his feelings and then and then maybe have some fun comedy with Flanders as Flanders gives him some lessons. We got a little taste there at the end. Apparently, advertisement for this promised a lot more of that. Like it was supposed – I think the advertisement made a big selling point about how Flanders is going to help Homer with his marriage when it's like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a lot of fun. That would be great. That would be a lot of fun. And then Homer make, comes back to Marge, a better husband. And then you can do jokes about JFK assassination, assassination or whatever. But I, again, I, who cares if the reviews are bad? Like, what, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. People buy your book. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. The reviews just don't matter. And also, if you are, are, if your book's coming out and like within, I guess, a day or a week of whatever it's coming out, there's an audio book that is read by the Olsen twins. You've already, the publishing company has incredible trust in you. You probably have a couple book de- like they'll buy another book from you. Um, I mean that's just I'm I get I I would I would expect the the writer room to be more intimate familiar with like how publishing works, but at least back then before there was self publishing in any way shape or form. But I, I whatever that's not really my big problem. It's like you know they have they have to have it in with Marge giving up a writing career because of course they do. And the JFK Stinger wouldn't bother me as much. It bothers me a little bit here because the ending is so mishandled with Homer. Yeah. But if it wasn't, if they had handled that ending better, I would not care about this JFK assassination plot. I'd probably think it was cute. Um, I've been to the, I've been, I've been to the, the school book depository in Dallas. It's pretty neat. Wow. Pretty neat place. I'd see, if you have the chance, you do the, do the thing. There's a lot of good history there. Um, they acknowledge the, the controversy and the conspiracies they even they do not try and paint over all that um which is nice refreshing um this episode's really frustrating that at least it's frustrating and not just straight up bad 
Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think it's 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 not frustrating the way a lot of our fast few episodes have been, where we're like, it's just all of it is nonsense because all the Marge scenes are good. Every Marge scene where Homer is not involved, or at least not like real life Homer, fake Homer is fun, but uh, all that stuff is really good, really fun. Kind of it it, it is uh, it is the mundane stuff I was talking about last week, where like it's. It's, you know, it's Marge sitting down and writing and then going to get a brownie. It is Marge writing this book, imagining things, and we get to see it. And then we have Lisa there, and we have, you know, we get Thomas Pinchon and Tom Clancy. We get, like, that's, that's fun. And even Homer at, like, a couple brief moments is good, but then just Captain Wacky shows up. I don't care. Why is he an ambulance driver? It's really because you had that one that one joke at the end, and you had to make everything make sense afterwards. Or prior, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, probably. I don't know. It takes what could be a solidly good episode and brings it down to, like, eh. You know? Eh. Meh. Blah. Yeah. Uh, we will rank it at this, and we will rank it at the end of the show. Oh, Robbie, is this episode broken? No. I'm never going to remember, don't you worry. Not quite. I don't think so. I mean, it could be, like, we have, both of us, we just spent, you know, 45 minutes talking about how we would improve it, but that's improve it. It still works. Like, it func- It functions. It's frustrating because it could be so much better, but I, I would not call it broken. Any complaints, Matt? Would you disagree? No, I'm I'm pretty much in complete agreement uh, with you. It, it works, at, but it could be a lot better if we got rid of all the stupid crap. Yeah, but I, I, I don't want to call it. My gut says not broken, and that's why I, I usually err on the side of my gut. My gut says it's not quite broken. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for Comments in the News Group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. The Comstock News Group is where I comb through the nohomers.net forum, see what people thought of an episode, uh, like, you know, after it was released, even though some of those those posts are still up. People could still comment, vote on them if you want. Um, most people liked it, Matt. Most people were pretty positive on this episode. Which is fair. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm... I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably like if I myself, if I had to pick, I'd probably three out of five it. But most people were four out of five, and then the next was five out of five, and then three, and then very low on twos and ones. Most people enjoyed it. Uh, most people thought it was good to great. Um, I have some reviews. First one, beautiful, five out of five. I was really worried they were going to screw it up with a BS ending since it was running close to eight thirty without a resolution. But I think it was pulled off really well. Homer's amulet job wasn't gone into uh, gone into with too much detail, which is good because it really could have screwed up the episode. Mm. But it provided the laughs of the episode. Mm. Story of potential mm. to be ridiculous, but it was all executed well. That's what Algene has been doing a lot this season. Bad idea with great execution. Mm. Good thing because original ideas are being harder and harder to come up with. Mm. Um, next up. Uh, honestly, I didn't even know a new episode was airing tonight, but it's a good thing I tuned in. Above all, recorded it. Why? It was a very good episode. Left out loud a number of times, and that's the best part of any show. Jokes were all greatly timed and written. A few jokes did lack a meaning, however. The plot didn't seem to get me going that much, but the show itself was terrific. Great improvement from the last few episodes, therefore I cannot wait to view it again. Definitely one of, if not the best of the season so far. All around, the episode was great by my standards. Sharp and clever at times. Did not tamper with annoying repeating gags like Comer's whining and bloody flesh wounds. We'll definitely watch it again. A, 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 not A plus, A minus, just an A. 
Uh, finally, this episode would have been so much better without the subplot. You won't believe what Crazy Homer does this week. He buys an ambulance. He doesn't even know where the hospital is. Things that get even wackier as he uses morphine as a recreational drug. Seriously, no more morphine uh-huh. jokes. It's an extremely powerful, highly addictive drug. We get it. With those complaints aside, the rest of the episode was very enjoyable. The scenes from Marge's story were pretty clever. Guests didn't take away from the episode, not even the Olsen twins. The scene from Inside Lisa's Brain is now one of my all-time favorites. Quite possibly the funniest gag of the Gene era. The ending turned out much better than I expected. Uh, plus, I was afraid something wacky at the end was going to happen to spoil the moment, like Homer accidentally pushing Ned off the cliff, or Homer jumping into the water for some juvenile reason. It's nice to see more caring Homer at the end. I give this episode a B-. minus. Which there, that's that's touches on a little some of our complaints a little bit, but that's more closer to yeah. what, see what we were thinking. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is: What is your favorite Bart quote? Um, Matt's gonna take over this from now on because. I'm tired. Robbie's voice is a little, a little oh. stiff and tired. And I'm he's, he's, old. He's just weak, you guys. I'm an old man. Also, I, Matt doesn't do enough work, so I'm going to make him do more work. That's true. Robbie keeps all the money and uh, makes me do all the work. <laughs> it's getting worse. <laughs> all right. Uh, first off, from Alex. I don't think Bart was the original of the quote, but I first heard on The Simpsons and has resonated with me since. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So very true. Uh, from Benjamin. You're turning me into a criminal when all I want to be is a petty thug. From Timothy. I am familiar with the works of Pablo Neruda. Uh, from Kai. <clears throat> Robbie, do you want to help me with this one or no? I'll, you can be Bart. I'll be Marge. Okay. Mom, I'm really sorry. I know you are. Is there anything I can do? I don't know. Why don't you go to bed? Okay. <laughs> uh, from Marge, be not proud. I love this quote because it describes every interaction with me and my parents when I would get into trouble. Uh, it just means uh, I'm sorry. I, I added levity to that scene when it really shouldn't be funny, but... No, no, it's it's really it's one of my very, favorite Marge Bart ones. Very touching, yes, yes. Uh, from Lauren, I have a tie between two of them: Quidjibo, a big dumb baldy North American ape with no chin, as well as oh my god, the dead have risen and are voting Republican. Which you know, if the dead rise, that's that's what they're going to do. Uh, from at Threeville Starlight, <laughs> evil Starlight, I never I believe Matt. evil Starlight. Yeah, 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 evil Starlight with yeah, a three. Yeah. the old elite speak. Uh, I never thought it was physically possible, but this both sucks and blows. So true. Uh, from R, at Yes, It's Aaron. As usual, a knife-holding maniac has shown us the way. Uh, from Nick, at Big Shadow 1138 you got the brains and talent to go as far as you want, and when you do, I'll be right there to borrow money. When uh, Lisa you know, was down and Bart was trying to cheer her up. Uh, from at Jessica Reese 1, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? Perfect, perfect Bartism. Uh, let's see from, uh, Jen from Jersey 33. Uh, everything changes when you hit the big one. Oh, your legs start to go. Candy doesn't taste the same anymore. Will you please let me pour my little heart out? Sorry. This old timer does ramble on sometimes, doesn't he? Oh, Bart being mean to Lisa from at Patrick Evans. I, I L L. We don't know because of the font Robbie picks. I, it's, uh, it's the default, man. I'm not, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Uh, from the Blinky episode, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? I'm Dave Shutton. I'm an investigative reporter who's on the road a lot. I must say that in my day, we didn't talk to our elders. Well, this is my day, and we do, sir. I like that he adds the sir at the end. It's so perfect. Uh, from at Johnny Two-Tone, uh, from Camp Krusty, 
All right, that's it. I've been scorched by Krusty before. I got a rapid heartbeat from his Krusty brand violence. My Krusty calculator didn't have a 7 or an 8, and Krusty's autobiography was self-serving with many glaring omissions. But this time, he's gone too far. I like that Krusty's autobiography. Bart understands that it was self-serving. That's, that's, that's advanced for a 10-year-old. Uh, from at James Warwick, uh, I found a hive of killer bees. You want to go through rocks at it? Sorry, Bart. I'm deeply immersed in the teapot dome scandal. Huh? However, it might be feasible in a fortnight. What? I can play in two weeks. Juh? I guess they're just... <laughs> that juh gets me every time. Uh, because they're out of what words? Uh, juh? From, from AJ at Wastecasts? I don't know. I don't know. At, at W-A-S-E-S. Uh, from Wastecasts. Casts. Uh, this is as good as I could do, and I still failed. Bart gets an F. It's a powerful episode, and I love how it handles the concept of failure. Say this quote about last third of a Dark Souls run quite often. Indeed. Uh, from Matt Simpsonology, just giving the people what they want. Bart, buy the barrel full. Uh, and oh, uh, from <laughs> Phil to Duckusif one. Uh, this is Lisa Bart. Uh, Lisa Bart, I feel like I'm going to die. We all, we'll all die, Lisa. I meant soon. So did I. Oh, Camp Krusty. It's the episode that just keeps on giving. Robbie, what is your favorite Bart quote? <laughs> I really, all I, this is all, a, uh, just, I just wanted you to have to read all these Twitter handles. That's really all I wanted to make that's, you That's the joke for you. That's the joke. Um, uh, my answer is not a funny one. It's a, like a very touching one. It's from my favorite Bart episode, which Bart sells his soul. And it's Bart's prayer at the end. Are you there, God? It's me, Bart Simpson. I know I never paid too much attention at church, but I could really assume that good stuff now. I'm afraid. I'm afraid some weirdos got my soul. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I just want it back. Please. Oh, I hope you can hear this. And then Lisa floats, uh, floats his soul, quote unquote, back to him. And he devours it <laughs> without even thinking about it. And, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, Bart being very vulnerable, and you don't get that a lot. There's those are those episodes are few and far between. Matt, what's your answer? Uh, I would have to go with you're turning me into a criminal when all I want to be is a petty thug, because that's that's Bart in a, in a perfect summation. All he wants to do is be a little bit bad. Uh, I mean, there's probably a better formulation of that somewhere that I can't remember. Uh, but basically, Bart just wants to, it's 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 like the Marge quote that I had from uh, uh, last week or the week before. Uh, Bart is not bad he's got this spark inside that makes him do bad things that's that's bart for you it is bart that's why we love him mm -hmm. uh next week's question what is your favorite apu quote we're working our way that's through the cast a lot of these working our way through the cast uh post this question on our twitter it's at simpson show pod you can email us at simpson show pod at gmail.com or you can find it on our patreon but it'd be a public post, so anyone can comment as long as you register a username. Next up, Matt, it's time once again for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R R T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions: one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. We are tied. So far, this is 10 episodes in, almost halfway, 1919. Are you ready for an easy question, Matt? I suppose I could be. These are all from Secrets of a Successful Marriage. This reminded me, this episode reminded me of a lot. Um, your easy question, Homer teaches what course at the Adult Education Annex? 
uh god i'm not sure i remember the exact name of it it's just uh oh man this this is not it's, this it's, is it's not a course about marriage it's not a trick question Matt. okay uh the marriage course i would have a successful the, marriage s- literally secrets of a successful marriage is the course oh okay well there you go so i was right marriage success etc <clears throat> I really thought you're, right. you're overthinking it. It's literally the name Apparently. of the episode. All right. Your questions are all from Realty Bites, hmm. the episode we have a complicated relationship with. It's a Marge episode. Uh, so that's that's good. That's good. But it gets it's Kirk getting his arm sliced off. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> Precisely. All right. What is the name of Snake's car in Realty Bites? God, I'm supposed to remember that? Uh, that's the easy question? Snake's car? Homer yeah. buys it. I don't remember. It has a name? It does. It's in actually several episodes. Is it? Are they consistent with that? Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, his... I keep thinking, but I think of... I'm thinking of his girlfriend's name, I think, from, from Bart Sells a Soul. That's what I'm actually thinking of. I don't know. Shoshana? Shoshana. Is that his girlfriend's it's name? It's not Shoshana. Okay. It's that's not that's sh- a girlfriend's name. Oh, it, dude, you did not smile. <laughs> we got our meal for free. <laughs> Come on, Shoshana, let's roll. Let's roll. Um, car's name? I don't know. It's a convertible. It's a muscle car. Is it a girl name? Uh, no. It is a generic name. Oh. Um. I. I what? Uh, generic. Now I'm more confused. I have no idea. I have no. Does this episode exist? You made this up, Matt. You made up this episode and this car. I, I did not. You you made yeah. all this up. This doesn't exist. Um, Hot Rod. I don't know. Uh, sorry, is Little Bandit? Little Bandit. Yeah. Little Bandit. Yeah, Little Bandit. L I L B A N D I T. I I'm filing a complaint. Dude, she needs premium. That's not premium. An easy, that's, not, that's not an easy question. I'm filing a complaint. You're gonna hear it from this. All right, I'm sorry. I that seemed really easy to me because that's that's his car in several episodes. My commission, my the commissioner, the trivia commission is gonna contact you about this, man. Okay. You never. Your medium question: How much does Otto pay for Homer's marriage course? Oh, I believe it was a thousand bucks. Unfortunately, that is incorrect, Matt. It is oh, ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand bucks. And what was that lab fee for? Your auto <sighs> and your snake are very similar, Matt. I just want to point that out. I know. Wait, when did I do a snake? You just, oh, just you just ago. did a snake gotcha. like literally thirty seconds ago. I don't remember what I did thirty seconds ago. Come on, Robbie. All right, goldfish. Stay in the present. Be mindful. All right, your medium question. I'm what trying. Is last name. I really am uh, Gunderson. Damn. All right. So that should have been the easy question. See, Matt, the trick is I went to school with a kid named Gun, had a Grant, who's Grant Gunderson. Oh, dang it. And I know he's not listening to this, so I can use his name. You're a hard question, Matt. Uh, During Secrets of of a Successful Marriage, we see Bart and Milhouse playing spacemen, uh, which is interrupted by Homer in their treehouse. What aliens are attacking them? Quote, unquote. Oh, um, aliens are. Shoot, I got nothing. The the Zorbtrons. <laughs> it's it's a Z it's a, it's a Z word. It starts with Zor. It's Zorin yeah. the Zornid Brain Changers. Oh, that's right. Ugh. What do you mean that's too many right? Weird aliens. You're a lunatic. You're like, oh, that's right. 
I would never get that in a gajillion years. All right, what's my hard question, man? Your hard question. What was the name of the socialite who survived the murders in the murder house? Oh, God. No idea. I got nothing. Uh, Beatrice Sanders. Uh, is Mrs. Astor. Mrs. Astor. That's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mrs. Astor was very lucky. Well, Matt, I retract, I'll retract my complaint to mm-hmm. the trivia commission. Because you happen to know what Gil's last name is because you knew somebody with that last name. You're lucky the trivia commission's not going to come after you, okay? You're lucky. Uh-huh. You should have flipped those questions 100%. Um, so I'm back in the lead by one point. I'll take it. Because it's these are unfortunately these these moments of joy that this these this brief moment of of ecstasy and pleasure I receive from having a lead over you is usually very short. It usually lasts a short amount of time, but I'm going to enjoy it for oh. the, for as long as we as long as I get it. Um, I'm twenty. I'm winning twenty one to twenty as of uh as of today. We'll see how it, how it goes throughout the rest. This halfway halfway through I'm up, so I can't complain. Um, we can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show, man. I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. All right. This is going to be a tough one. It's going to go somewhere in the middle. Let me get my finest, finest dagger out to split some split some hairs because that's what it's going to take um all right let's look at some of these some of these flawed episodes yeah that's about right um that's this is the good this is a good area for it um mm, 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 mm. yeah 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 i think those are good spots um i'm looking at right now around 200 Around two hundred. Okay, that's where I'm looking. Around, around that area could go lower, could go higher. Um, okay, we got. I'm spilling as fast as I can. Papa's got a brand new badge. The front. Um, hmm. Right above that is Simpson Delilah at one ninety eight. I don't think it's better than that. That is one of the better season two episodes as I recall. I mean, I like Simpson Delilah. It's very simple, but it it, it it's not very not very funny episode no it's true it's a lot, of, a lot of this is what homer's hair looks like jokes yeah there's a lot of homer's hair is hilarious because he has it now um but it's still solid consistent it you know it it gets it it tells its story and it makes sense you know which this episode doesn't it's not this episode's funnier and i think the marge stuff in this episode is very good and if it just you know nick stuck the landing and it took out captain wacky it would be a good episode um but I think it is better than I'm spelling as fast as I can, which is the right below Simpson Delilah. I would I would definitely agree with that. Like I'm spelling as fast as I can is a good Lisa Homer episode, but I feel like it could be better overall. It also suffers from some of the nonsense stuff, and yes. it's not very funny ish. It's funny ish, and it, like that's I think this episode actually is genuinely funny. It has a lot of good. A lot, of, a lot of I I enjoyed all the Mars scenes and sequences. I thought they were really funny and clever and subtle. And I think I'm also kind of starved for some of that the subtle Simpsons humor, where it's not just hitting me in the face with a hammer that's shaped like Homer Simpson. I get I get some time to like just there's like that that clip you played, Matt, where Homer and Marjorie in bed, 
and Homer is like lying. But think about how much silence there is in that that scene. Yeah, just just they let the jokes breathe, and they let Homer's mannerisms tell the jokes, and they just let they're not bold, and they're not like you have to pay attention. If you're paying attention, it rewards you. Um, and then you get scenes where Homer's talking about not knowing where a hospital is and taking and wants to get someone something nice for someone with a broken back and not knowing telling his kids that they're not EMTs. I'm like, okay, okay, all right. It's like this. It's like it is the Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde situation. Okay. Um. Okay. Well, you you really think Simpson Delilah is better? I do. I do. I, I think it is a good character story on early Simpsons Homer and what he wants for his family and what he's going willing to go through to achieve that. It, it's a very Homer focused episode, but that was back when Homer was a real character instead of a caricature. <laughs> it's very true. Um, they're barely, you can't, that's the crazy thing, Matt. You watch Simpson Delilah and you watch this episode, the Homer, the Homer is Homer in this episode is unrecognizable. It's entirely different. And I'm like, I don't mind some change over the years because Homer has did change even throughout the golden years, but whatever this is, I can't, he is Captain Wacky. I can't recognize him. Um, yeah, I think that's a good spot. That's not bad. It, you know, that's like, that's, you know, we're basically where there's, wherever three, that's in the top two thirds. And I think that's where it belongs. I think right, right at the edge of being in the top two thirds, top 200, where if it just had a little bit more, it would it probably move up 50 spots at least if it just had homer just be a little better a little more clever that's all it takes but uh, yeah. it just doesn't do it i don't like i said it's a, they're they're not bugs they're features dutch have a mad housewife new number 199 on our list and i have some good news Matt, for both for both you and our listeners that good news is that I have embedded our spreadsheet in our website on... Whoa, can you do that? Oh, you can, using code. Um, so you guys can go on thesimpsonshow.com and you'll see our, 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 our listing, our rankings in real time. Um, and you can, you, can, you can even see the spots where uh, things are not numbered correctly. <laughs> I'm trying to well, fix... I think Robbie has fixed most of them. I've fixed most of them. I, I r- recognize the fact that um, I am... I think I just messed this up, too. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Um, but you can see uh, the, the the list, and it is accurate. There is no gaps. It's up to... Up, it will always be accurate, because this is what we use week to week. So it has to be. Which is nice. That's also less work for me. Which is a thing I have. A, we've already established in this very episode. I'm a fan of of less work. Um, so that's a new number not one ninety nine on our list. First place is still Homer's Enemy. Last place is still Strong Arms of the Mall. Matt's favorite episode. He loves it. Uh, I you might want to hold back a little bit of that, Matt, because you know what? I was reminded this week of a very specific season fifteen episode that is very is closely approaching. Oh no! And that is Codependence Day, which is the drunk okay, driving. That's okay. the drunk driving episode. Yeah, but I, I don't see that. I don't remember that one being nearly as bad as Strong Arms. Mm-hmm. We will see. Mm-hmm. We'll see about that. So we uh, next up next week 
We don't have to worry about that for a few. We got about a month before we have to worry about that terrible hell. But uh, next week we have Magical History Tour, which is another uh, Simpsons Explore History episode. With We got Henry VIII, Lewis and Clark, and Mozart and Salieri. So oh I could be good, could be bad. We'll I see. hope it's good. Uh, at least you know what, Matt. At least they're all short. You know, if one of them, any of them are That's bad, true. they won't last very long. So there's that. Um, but that'll be next week. You guys can watch along with us. Like I said, our website, thesimpsonshow.com, has links to all of our stuff. Has a link to our Twitter, our Patreon, our RSS feed, a link to this list, to this spreadsheet, very spreadsheet that I just edited. Um, if you want to help us out and support us on our Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate everyone who supports us. It helps keep the light on to help pay for all the hosting. Still trying to figure out how I can get all our back catalog forever. I'm, I might just, I, I need also look into getting it all on our Patreon and not clog, but without clogging up the feed with a bunch of stuff, which is impossible. I'm trying to find solutions, guys. I really am. Um, oh, Matt, we forgot. Mm. We forgot. Oh, whether it's canon or not? We have to decide. And the most important thing in the whole world is if this episode is is shot out of the canon or not. The canon! The canon! The canon! The canon! The canon! I think it stays in. I don't see any reason why we would kick it out. My default in these is to say, yes, it's part of the canon. It happened. You know, it was put out. Unless we got a good reason for it. And honestly, this one's fine. I mean, we've had much worse ones that will probably end up being canon. And this is fine. Uh, yeah. the the Marge, All the Raj writing stuff is good enough to keep the episode in the canon. I think that's the thing. Like, if, if there's something in this episode that re- is redeeming, then you keep it. Easy as that. Okay. Now that that is decided, yes. Diatribe of a Mad Housewife is part of the canon. We move up to the top of our list, working our way back down uh, through the best, our best episodes on our list. Next up, Matt, is number nine, is Homer vs. the 18th Amendment with Rex Banner to alcohol. Obviously canon. That's, the- that's literally one of the best episodes ever. I mean, this is Homer being a an intelligent person to come up with the scheme in a, math, in a manner that homer would do i mean it's great here man i i know uh you and i both hate people who use this terminology but i'm gonna do it anyway i'm gonna play devil's advocate here and say but it's so cartoonish matt you know there's these weird fake uh booze delivery systems with bowling balls and uh the the simpsons house explodes the basement explodes because of the stills they set up there and rex banner he's a cartoon character he's not a real person He's a caricature of like these thirties uh, detective of uh, the the of what you call them, the Untouchables. Why it's we... true, but people like that actually exist. So you know, no, the right answer is, but it's really funny and <laughs> it's really smart and it makes sense and it perfectly balances the tone of cartoonish just and seriousness and manages to speak really cleverly about the role alcohol plays in our society. So yes, of course it's part of the canon. It's a great episode. No, you won't. Yes, I will. No. <laughs> Chief, you're, you're not even touching your banana kaboom. Great episode. So quotable. Um, mm-hmm. So that, again, all this stuff's on our website. I don't know if I'm going to edit this so it's all in order. I might not. I don't, it's, our, it's charming, right, when we mess up. Right, Matt? Of course. 
Charming because we're tiny and we have no responsibility for our actions. <laughs> that's, that's not true whatsoever. Uh, but before we go, uh, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. My website is RobbieDorman.com. It has links to all my other podcasts there and links to purchase my novels. My next novel, War on Halloween, is available for pre-order releases on July 26th in just a couple weeks. Um, you guys listen to a long spiel at the beginning of this episode about it, so I'd love for you to go check it out, pre-order it. It's great for fans of uh, of It or Stranger Things or anyone who likes spooky Halloween stories. Uh, please check it out. Appreciate it. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. However, I have decided that um, I should become more like my favorite superhero, Aquaman. So, I am working on my communication with the sea life of the planet. So, if you need to contact me, feel free to just tell your local sea life, fish, turtle, uh, manta ray, whale, whatever, and they will come rushing to send the message to me because they love me. Now, why are you lying to our listeners? Do you not think sea life loves me, Robbie? Is that what you're telling me? No, I know for a fact that Aquaman is not your favorite superhero. He's one of my favorite superheroes. What, you, he one, has of your, most, one of your top 100? Yeah, I would say probably top 20 at least. 20? That's not that's not your favorite, Matt. That's not even your top 10. Robbie, do you know how many superheroes there are? He's I know. He's like the top 2%. I know, Matt. Why? One. First question, why? Okay, it depends on who's writing Aquaman, okay? Some of the writers lately have been doing a decent job with him. Eh, whatever. Ugh. Nothing. I, I, have no, I don't remember a good Aquaman story. I've read a lot of Aquaman. Nothing goes, oh, this is Aquaman. He's the best. Man, he talks to that whale, and he has a hook for a hand. Oh, no, he doesn't. He used to, but now he does again. No, no, no. We can't uh, cause the uh, the new 52's sins to be on everyone forever. Why not? Because they retconned most of it. Fair enough. But you're lying, people. That ain't your favorite superhero. It's not even close to your favorite. Your favorite is... I don't know. Cyclops. Definitely the top three. <laughs> okay. Okay, I got close. Alright, uh well, that'll do it for us. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And you keep watching this as says. Shh.